You're listening to a podcast from 702. It's time for our Family Matters feature now. And I want us to have what is probably right, a complex conversation. And, and I want to hear from the people that have been, that have experienced something like this and how they've dealt with it. I want us to talk about spiritual callings, especially for children. Whether it's a calling for Ubungo Ma to be a traditional healer or to be a pastor, to be a prophet or a prophetess. It could be any spiritual calling. It can be confusing for a child to have a spiritual calling because you don't know how to define that, right? It's a huge disruption to your childhood. It can affect you mentally. It can affect you spiritually, emotionally. And one of the questions I often ask myself is whether if there's a 13-year-old or 15-year-old who has a calling like this, what kind of support do you give them as the family? And is it even possible to say, let's delay this spiritual calling until you're an adult and you can take up that responsibility? Because often children have to, in some instances, they take them away from schools because families just don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes it's children themselves who, don't be, who feel they don't belong, right? Because they're seeing visions, um, they're hearing voices. And sometimes when they're playing with other kids, it's just different for them. So how do you navigate that as a family? And if you are someone who's got a child who has a spiritual calling, please can you call us and tell us how you are dealing with that as a family? And if you've got some questions from my guest, um, I'll take them as well. Or maybe you are a, son, uh, a traditional healer now, or you are a prophet, but you got your calling when you were a child. I'd like to hear what your experiences were. I'm going to have two guests. I'm going to start with uh, Gogo Adineo Ndlaz, who's a spiritual healer and a teacher who's trained as Isangoma and Ukobela. And then at around half past 10, I'll bring in a prophet who will talk to us um, about just the pressures of people when they are children and they have got these gifts and how often families navigate that. Gogo Adineo, thank you so much for making time. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Yeah, it's a lovely Clement. Thank you so much for having me back. So, l- let's start first with how the gift often presents itself, and I imagine it's not in the same ways, right? Yeah. So, yeah. how does it present itself, and and can it present itself in a child in a way that can be confusing for that child, or in a way that it's too complex even for that child to understand? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, for me, I mean, Kobela means that I train other Sangomas. Mm-hmm. So it means that I, you know, continuously engage with people who are spiritually called. I think one thing we need to understand is that all of us have a calling. That's why we've incarnated on the planet. That's why we have traveled from the soul world into the earth world. So we are here called because we are here to serve a particular purpose and mission. And every one of us are born with gifts that have been gifted to us. So when we have callings, the assumption or the distortion is that people don't have a choice and it's an imposing of the ancestors of the spirit world because they are demanding and they're dictating, not understanding that actually that belief system comes from religious dogma of us wanting to fear creator because we feel like creator is all-knowing and all-powerful. Therefore, if we do not, you know, if we don't fear him, then we're going to be punished. And Mm -hmm. that is what has led to a lot of people also being confused when their children are having callings. And it's, it's becoming more and more 
apparent that the generation of young people that we have are what we call rainbow children, indigo children, because we are shifting into new, a new consciousness. Some people call it a new earth or a new paradigm. Mm-hmm. So these children actually are here to help us move from our old ways of thinking into new ways of thinking. So spiritual ways of thinking where we are starting to see see things in polarities instead of black or white. They're starting to help us see that actually things operate in cause and effect, that what you put in is what you get out, that we can't tamper with uh, people's divine will and sovereignty. But what then happens is that because we are still stuck in the old thinking in a religious program, and religious program is where things are right or wrong and nothing else. It's either this way or no way at all. What we then tend to do is that when our children are presenting themselves with these signs of life, we are actually a generation that is asking us to shift the system because as mm-hmm. it is, it's not enabling us and the mm. system is not serving the collective. It's actually serving a particular minority, whether in politics, whether in business, whether in, in you know, in, in, in social dynamics, in every form, things are not serving because it's always about this particular grouping that needs to benefit. Okay. Then what do we do instead of trying to help hear them out and see them out because when children have a calling, it's also a cry to be seen and heard versus let's just ship you off to a gobela to train you so we can get this over and done with and you can get back to order or let's go pray over it or let's go you know get rid of the demon it doesn't work like that they're asking to be seen and they're asking to mm. be heard because a lot of kids who are also presenting with symptom calling they've been through certain childhood traumas and the calling for them it's a way in which they actually are escaping the painful reality of their experiences so somewhat when they go into a trance, it, it helps them regulate their nervous system. It gives them a, a, a pacifier. It's soothing because that's when they can actually feel brave enough or courageous enough to pass on certain messages without having to confront their mother that Malume yeah. and so-and-so is doing mm. this to me or daddy is doing this to me. And this is what I'm also noticing. It doesn't mean they don't have a spiritual calling because children don't have their, you know, the, the life experience to manage the responsibility of being a Sangoma. Yeah, how they do we... have the emotional maturity. Yes. You can't initiate a 13-year-old and accept them to take the responsibility of healing. Which then people. brings in the parents, right? Or even the guardians mm. or the family and the support system yeah. that's, that's required. And, yeah. and I don't know how these things work, uh, uh, Gogo, Gogo Dino, and you yeah. understand these things better. Can you say... Okay, this child is 13, this kid is 13 and doesn't have that emotional maturity. Can we do umsebenzi of sorts and talk to, in the context of Ubusangom and talk to the ancestors and say, can we delay the calling until she or he is a lot more matured and can take over this responsibility? Is that even possible? Or when the calling and the signs present themselves, you have no option but to respond? No. Um, when we speak about no choice, mm. then we are speaking about ancestral spirits that are siphoning and parasitical. So ancestors are here to guide. They're here to actually help. They're guides and they're helping aid. So they're not here dictating and imposing. What happens is that we leave it for too long where they, they, you, know, you start to detach and all you are is on the other side. And when you are on the other side, you, initiation is what then becomes like the closest uh, thing to be done to bring you back to be yourself. So when parents see any signs of kids that have a calling is to 
intervene immediately and do those rituals. There are appeasement rituals that can be done that saying that we, we are grateful. We can see that this child is gifted. We are grateful for the gifts. And let's also um, normalize engaging our kids about the calling rather than just, you know, thinking that we can, um, you know, decide on their behalf that this calling is not, is not, that sensically doesn't exist. It's not part of this family. Nobody mm-hmm. ever had the calling. But to actually be positive about it, like this is what it means for you. Do you understand? But this is the responsibility that comes with it. That's mm-hmm. how I work with children. I'm like, do you see like this is a gift and this is what it means? But then when you have this kind of gift, the responsibility, and I'll say, then are you ready for that responsibility? They're like, no, I'm like, it means you might, might not be able to play with your friends. You might not really be yes. able to do the fun things that you need to do. And when you say to them, you make them fall in love with it because you also need to teach how do they work with the calling that it doesn't overwhelm them and that they don't think that there's something wrong with them, but rather they can see that actually yeah. there's something great within them. But this greatness, it requires a certain age and a certain time. Then when you're doing even the ritual of appeasement, you are having the kids participate in that. You are teaching them to actually connect and and, and work with it at their level, at their age, not at, at a level in which they can really process because it could be very traumatic to take a child through initiation process, whereas their brain has not really fully developed. Mm. I mean, at 13, you are still exploring your body and then you are being asked now to explore other bodies and you're being asked to explore other spirituals. That's a, that's a bit, that's, mm. that's, that could be psychologically damaging for kids yeah, to go through that. Absolutely. I want to bring in um, Prophet Kesha. Uh, Ma. Um, thank you so much for making time, Pro- uh, Prophet Malimeka. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. So another spiritual calling um, can be that of being a prophet. And it's not always that even uh, this you can have the calling when you are older. There are other people that actually have this calling when they're young. And I've been asking Gogo, uh, Dineo, if it's even possible to say, okay, let's acknowledge this gift at a later stage. Um, how does it work um, with your gift as a prophet? Um, and when it affects children, how is that often navigated? All right, I think uh, that is uh, basically, I won't be saying uh, something that is too different from what Dineo said. So, what's up, Let us not be good. Uh, I think on that note, I think we need to understand that uh, the ancestors are our guides. And in as much as a person is born with a certain gift or a talent that they need to share with the world, we are able to speak with the ancestors to ask them uh, to grant us the the required amount of time to either take a child through the formal uh, school process before they can begin uh, the process of initiation. Mm. Uh, there are different ways, and the cases are quite unique for us to actually put a blanket term on how uh, these things work, as you put it. Mm. And 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 is it possible to say, okay, yes, you've got a calling as as Ukesha to be um, a prophet, but then you are not emotional enough, and and maybe this is something you can acknowledge and and practice at a later stage. Um, can you do that? And what was your experience when you got your calling? That is uh, very much possible. Uh, remember, we, we are operating within a holistic system, a holistic belief system. Mm. If anything, scientists around the world have recognized African belief systems as being metaphysical. Um, 
in, in essence, everything is taken into account before the initiation or the journey begins. The journey begins as soon as you enter the realm that we know as the physical world. Um, you are able to, through the guidance of your guides, of course, negotiate a path that is more suitable to the current times in which we live in. Mm. So if a child may be going through uh, psychological or, or, or physical challenges that uh, prevent them from fully honoring or fully focusing on the spiritual journey uh, that they have to embark on, we are able to make certain interventions that allow that to be possible. My own journey was quite different in the sense that I grew up in a spiritual family, uh, my father being a prophet for um, uh, so for most of his life, um, me seeing everything and seeing the benefits, advantages, even actually going through the adolescent stage within uh, a spiritual family and actually uh, finding that when it was my, t- my time to take take on the beat on, uh, I was ready. It was, it was a feeling that is within a person and initiates when they're ready, just like a fruit when it's ripe. Uh, when the time is, 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 has arrived, uh, the student will avail himself and not the other way around. Mm. Yeah, Gogo Dineo, is it advisable, because there's someone asking here that when when kids are presented with, you know, you know, they're seeing the visions, they're hearing the voices, is it advisable that they can be pulled out of school um, until they reach that age of maturity, um, there's, there's a parent asking here. Yeah, no, I think, uh, like, um, you know, Prof. I said, and I said it too, that there are rituals which we call appeasement rituals, and that we cannot generalize them because we don't know where things are at with you, at, mm. uh, you know, within relation to your ancestors. Because also what actually accelerates the process for other kids is because there's been a long history where gifts have been ignored and callings have been ignored. So there might be a series of interventions that are required to bring this this child back into 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 sanity. So I, it's not advisable to pull them out of school. It might be advisable to inform the school that this is who the child is, and also the parents to understand then how do we work. Let's say they come for a consultation and they're told that the child has a gift and this is what is required, while the parents are pulling their resources together to get the help for the kid. In the interim, what is it that could be done if this child goes into a trance, for example? What are we supposed to do? Mm. How are we supposed to work with the child? And I have found in my experience as a Gobella is when you make them understand that it is nothing wrong with them having a calling mm. and, and, we, and we don't demonize the calling for them, they, they also find a way to work with it that it does not disturb them. Because most kids' desires is to have a, a future that is, is enabling, you know, that their own desires can also uh, be fulfilled. So when I had the calling, I was 16. Unfortunately for me, I come from a religious family. So that was demonized when I had the calling. And it was something not to be spoken of that led me to a mental institution because my, my visions and, and, and the trances I was going into, uh, it was seen as a psychotic episode. And I was diagnosed as a, you know, psycho- psychologically disorderly child. With a mental with a mental illness, so there was a misdiagnosis there, and when I had the episodes, even under medication, then I was left with no diagnosis. The church they said I am demonic possessed, so you can imagine the number of you know exorcism exercises I had to undergo through as a child. And then I kept on feeling something is wrong with me. Mm. Even when I had to embrace my calling, it was difficult because I, I grew up knowing that 
something is wrong with me because I'm not like other kids. Whereas if I was validated as a child to say, actually, this gift is beautiful because it's not of service to me alone, but it's of service to my family and the community at large. So what I'm saying, and I'm encouraging parents, that even when you do a ritual to actually ask it to slow down, Mm. still affirm your children because that is healthy for their minds and they can love themselves as cult children, as indigo children, as rainbow children, not actually feel like they are different from the rest of the kids and difference is bad, but to actually say you are unique and unique is great. Yeah, just I'm just thinking what it does to you as a child when yeah. you know the doctors are saying this. In some cases, um, people are diagnosed with schizophrenia, um, and then you take into church, and then church um, this says they are demonic, and then you get taken to Usangoma, and then they say no, you've got a calling. I mean, all of that, far apart from the confusion it may create for parents as a child. I mean, what are you thinking? What what impact do you think it had for you, Coco Dino, when you were thinking, but I'm different? Were you able to have conversations with your friends? Were you did did no. it take away your childhood or was that affected? No. It was definitely I was withdrawn, mm. you know, and also I experienced sexual abuse as a child, so mm. that also added on having the calling. So I completely now isolated myself and I thought, well, okay. I probably got sexually abused because, you know, there's a demon in me that's trying to be, you know, taken away because also spaces of, you know, spiritual spaces have also become uh, abusive spaces where people will tell you that in order for us to take the spirit, we need to sleep with you because the spirit is troubling you. And all Mm -hmm. you're trying to do as a child is be a normal kid. I've got four children and all my four children are gifted and we work with them individually because their gifts are also unique to them. But what we're trying to do is normalize the gifts for them and how to navigate it. And that is not time yet because our ancestors are not here to impose. Remember, in the spirit world, we all operate within natural laws. So no ancestor, no spirit guide can also dictate and and temper with the spiritual laws. And one of the most spiritual laws is that we work with the law of sovereignty. Consent is important. How do you ask a 12-year-old to consent to taking a journey where they are not emotionally intelligent enough or Mm -hmm. they're not even spiritually intelligent enough? Yes, you've got guides who are and who are experienced that will help you. But your processing, because your interpretation of information that you are downloading from the spirit world is also based on your level of consciousness. And your level of consciousness is also based on the level of your own intellect. So at 12, at 10, you you don't have much there that's sitting. So how you interpret things is very limited. And it could also be overwhelming. So you find kids who are very suicidal, who are very depressed, because they're busy thinking something is wrong with mm, them. Because mm. why are they not like other kids? You yeah. know, so it starts, it starts at home because they're also coming to really break a particular pathology, to heal the family system because we are not called just because we are called to make well that is not well. And it's, it's that which is not well, it's in the family system. Mm. So we, if we as a family, and as this, especially for, I'm speaking here to religious parents, who this is new to them, this is unfamiliar to them, is to say this is an invitation for you to go on a journey to actually start to question some of your belief systems and value systems in a way that maybe we've been limited, you know, maybe we've been distorted here. And this is an invitation to say, open yourself up to a new world. Yeah. Gogo, Dineo, Ndlazi, I'm going to take the latest in eyewitness news headlines. When we come back, I will continue the discussion uh, with Gogo Dineo and Prophet Kesha.
I've got some of your tweets coming through, voice notes as well. I would like to hear what your experiences are. Um, when I, where I come from, there was, I remember a number of children who were, in fact, they'd identified as pastors from a very young age and they were withdrawn from the community. And I'm just wondering what that does to you as a child. Does it take your childhood away? Um, later on, do you understand that it was a gift and that sacrifice was necessary? Or maybe you are someone who became a prophet into your adult years or into your teens. Or maybe you saw the signs um, that you are being called for Ubu Sangoma. Um, and that's something that you embraced even at a younger age. And if you are a parent of children who are gifted, I'd like to hear from you as well. It's 11 702. Family Matters. It's 23 minutes before 12 o'clock. It's our Family Matters feature. And today we are discussing spiritual callings uh, for children and how as a family you can support them. They're children who have got a prophetic gift, a pastoral gift. They've got a gift for Ubusangoma. Um, um, and their callings may present themselves in different ways. But when you are a child and you experience the calling, what impact does it have on your childhood, right? Gogo Dinoa has explained that at some point he, she had to withdraw because she felt she was different. And it can be confusing if you also have parents who are taking you from all the different stakeholders, from churches to spiritual healers, um, you know, to, to modern doctors. And all of them give you their own, their different diagnosis. What does it do to you mentally, spiritually and emotionally? And as a family, how can you be there for children that are going through this experience? I want to go through your calls now on 011-883-0702. Let me start with this tweet and then your WhatsApps as well on 072-702-1702. Buitoko says, uh, the first year was hectic for me, but looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. I love my prophetic teaching gift. Clement, having an incredible mentor made my journey worth it. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit guided me through all of it. Uh, Buikoto also continues to say, and it can also be hectic. My parents didn't know what was happening to them and me. I had to walk with my mentor and luckily my mother asked a pastor a year later, but they both released me even though they didn't know what was happening. I came into my gift as a teen. Gogo Dineo, Buitoko speaks about the role of mentors in guiding you during that process how important is that and who becomes a mentor uh, do you go to ukobela and and get them to take over that responsibility or can can a mentor be be anyone in that space so as a clement there's a difference between a mentor and a teacher mm. you know a teacher is the one who trains you uh, to become a healer. A mentor is one who guides you. Um, mm. So a sangoma can be a mentor, a prophet could be a mentor, but not every sangoma is also trained to be a trainer of other healers. Mm. And what happens is that when people don't have what we call the initiation codes, when they are guiding people, they are guiding their people based on their understanding of what the gift is at sangoma level, because there's different hierarchies as well in, 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 in our work. So you find that people can also easily be misled because as a gobella, you know how to navigate the spirit world. 
so you would know that when a child is this ageless and this is what is happening in, in the ancestral world in relation to them, so this is the intervention we need to take because what I found is that when people just go to somebody who doesn't even understand the depths and the expansion of spiritual callings, children are either told sometimes that actually witchcraft is not even the calling. It's like they've been bewitched. That's why they're behaving the way that they're behaving mm-hmm. or they're the calling. And the only way is for them to go to initiation because when you go into gobelaship, you are then trained to perform particular rituals that you might not have the skill as a Sangoma to do. Mm. I've got a message here from a listener. Good, good day, Clement and Coco Dineo. Um, a child with an ancestral calling is born with it. I grew up in a strictly religious family, but my gift was with me for as long as in primary school. Did I get initiated then? No. Thanks to my parents, God, and my genuine ancestors, because one healer wanted to yank me out of writing yeah. my metric exams and straight into being initiated. Yeah. I only got formally initiated five years ago, but I kept seeing people's things and stuff. A warning to parents, don't take what many healers tell you about your own family matters because our sector often isn't largely regulated. So there's so much evil also out there from dreams mm-hmm. and visions that are being created and kids and teenagers being plunged into satanism under the cloak of ancestors so there's a massive drive to recruit as many kids as possible for cults and those in the forefront come as healers and cobelas so please also be careful that's my course in Lapo in Jowick, who's just also warning parents to be to be extra careful definitely i agree i mm. think we need to be really discerning i think i did say I think the previous tweet did indicate you are born with the calling. The ancestors don't give you a calling. You know, once you work with your gift, then you have a mission that is connected to your ancestors. The, the gift is in your ancestral bloodline because there is ancestors who are healers. So when they come, they are going to be guiding you with the gift that already exists within you. When you go to your gobela, it's for them to activate it and to help you. They help you how to use it and how to work with the gift. So they give you the pathway, but you already have the gift. If you are just reliant on other people for information and you are not able to cultivate just your, your discernment. So a true Kobela is one that actually makes you every healer, actually not just a Kobela, is one that actually helps you work with the healer within you because all of us, we are given that sixth sense. All of us mm. are given that ability to see and hear beyond this world. Mm. So your work is to amplify that so they are working in accordance to their inner guidance, not according just to your guidance and what you think is right because yeah. we are also limited as healers. We've got our own projections, we've got our own fears, we've got our own trauma. So a lot of times in, when people come, is this projection. So people are projecting their fears. And a warning to parents as well is that you find that when children initiate young, you see with healers, they end up being in addictive behaviors as a way of coping with the intensity of what happened in initiation. Yeah, let's take some calls now. Lucille, you're calling us from Renfontein. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Um, Togoza Gogo Dineo. Um, my name is Luso. I have a gifted child who's been called um, um, mm. as to initiate well into initiation. How it started? It actually, I just want to encourage parents. Mm. I'm a Christian mother, um, and I have a gift. You know, and when you're born into a Christian family, it's called a prophetic gift. Um, and you learn all about God and all that. Mm. 
But with my daughter, it was quite different. At the age of five, she started this thing of, of prophesying. And obviously, because of my Christianity, I had to, to channel it. I had to like, uh, um, teach her how we deal with it, praying and, and, and. Mm. 2019, in fact, from 2017, my daughter would fall ill, would be in and out of the ER. She would collapse for no apparent reason. Medical tests would come back negative, showing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I remember this doctor we always encountered or, or dealt with it in the ER. He called me aside and he said, I think it's time now you explore traditional medicine because this, it seems like it's, it's very spiritual in a traditional sense. It's cultural. Mm-hmm. But um, only in 2019, when my daughter woke up and she told me, Mama, I saw Masela, you know, I was shown cloths. I was shown this and that and that a cloth. I paid attention and I was like, okay, this is serious. And remember, I'm a Christian mother, so it, it's a bit challenging to me. Um, and then I allowed her to, to do her thing. My daughter, we bought the cloths. Um, we were blessed enough that they showed her who she's supposed to, to learn from, mm. or her cobela, her so to speak. Mm. You know, it's, Everything was revealed to her. But I just want to say to every mother or every parent who, who has a different belief, it is important for us to support our children. Um, because when you don't, I realized, because at first I was like, no, no, this is not, it's demonic. Because we were taught that way, that it is demonic. Um, it is important to support them. I had to relax and say, you know what? I laid a foundation, I laid a proper foundation. I had to mm. seek help as well into understanding that God is actually the creator and founder of all things, mm. even this calling. So I have laid that foundation. Our journeys are different. We cannot walk the same path, all of us. Mm. My daughter, Uchisa Mbepo, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. How you old know? is she now, Lucille? She's 18 now and she's in matric. Yeah. And she's happy, she's healthier, she's much more relaxed, and um, she does her thing. You know, she would tell me that, "Mm -mm, I need to go to Lopash. It's okay, it's happening in my house, it is okay, you know, until she does her thing. We have to plead with the ancestors, at least not now, let her finish varsity, Mm. um, and then we'll take it from there. But I just want to encourage all parents that let's be supportive to, to our kids. Our yeah. journeys are not the same. Indeed. Lucille in Renfontaine, thank you. Great contribution there. Here's a voice note that's also come through. Hi, Clement. It's Johannes from Pretoria. Yeah, you're talking about the very sensitive issue here of ancestors. There was a child who was assaulted by a teacher uh, at Mami Lodi. Uh, due to the child, how can I put it? It happens that Avuel and yeah. Then the teacher assaulted the child. Yo, it, it, it was a big issue. So I don't know what can we do, how can we deal with this matter in order for our schools to learn more about ancestors and everything, how to handle kids that they have amateurs, you know? Mm. Yeah, Gogo, do you know what, what can be done? Because I don't think it's just about schools, but it's workplaces as well. They should know if there's someone in the workplace or in school who has a calling, whether it's um, a prophetic calling, whether it's a calling for uh, to be a, a, a traditional healer, we need institutions to know, right, that we may accommodate people that have this calling. And, and when 
they are getting the calling, we are not then going to be responding in in a way that suppresses that calling. Yeah, I think I like what the previous caller, the parent that said that I didn't understand this. And it was not my belief system, but I needed to understand it for my for my daughter's I, sake. Mm. Here, here, here she is a Christian, a daughter who comes from a family that didn't do this, but she, she's not yet initiating. She did the things that needed to be done for her to be to get back to a regulated system, you know. And I think this is what is important. I think if we all become, you know, spiritual, if we understand spirituality, because spirituality sees relevance in everything that exists in a belief system, because religion just believes it's this way or no way at all. And we live in a Christian state, but I think we are religious Christians versus spiritual Christians because we understand the the principles and the values of Christianity and what Christ stood for, you then would understand that actually even our own ancestors are valid because Christianity is based on a history of ancestors. Right, but when it has to come to your own ancestors, then they are, you know, they are demons. Then what does that make you? And that's why children become, you know, affected or impacted badly by it because you've already demonized their very identity, the essence of who they are as Stole, as Kumalo, as Ramalepe is being demonized. So something in them just gets off. So we need to understand that we all believe in ancestors. We might be believing in different kinds of ancestors because we are all not the same people. Mm-hmm. And that's where we need to start firstly, because if we can start to actually, I think some people will say decolonize Christianity and some people will say, no, actually, let's move a religious construct away and get into spiritual principles because spiritual principles say you can pray and you can partner because things exist in polarity. Mm-hmm. They are two sides to a coin. So we both pray and we both partner. When even with prophetic gifts, there are people in your in your lineage that were seers and that were hearers. It's also ancestral. It's not just the church. We need to understand that what happened during apartheid when there were legislations that were passed, like the Witchcraft Suppression Act, people wanted found a way to still honor their callings and their gifts in the spaces in which um, they would not find themselves in legal trouble. So they went to the church and they performed gifts of prophecy. So what happens because, you know, religion is prominent. So people will think like, no, because when I started to preach in church as a young person, that was really acceptable. But I couldn't preach about the, the grandmothers and the messages I saw. I needed to remain within the constructs of religion. Mm-hmm. So I did not get uh, further excluded, but it was okay. And people were proud of me to say, wow, she's really good. You know, she's created this preaching. Mm-hmm. The preacher and me led me to the teacher that I am today. Gogo, do you know, let me take an, uh, another break. Now it's ten, nine minutes before 12. Uh, we'll come back and take some more of your calls and messages. 7.02 Family Matters. It's eight minutes before 12 o'clock. Let's continue with some of your, uh, some of your calls, some of your WhatsApp messages as well. Uh, there's a listener here who sent a message. Says, "Good morning, Clement and Torosa Cogodineo. Um, I'm a Christian mom. My daughter had dreams wearing red clothes. Tsa uh, masangoma. Then told me she saw a place where she must go practice. I told her if that is ancestors, she will go there without asking me to take her. She has now changed uh, to be something I don't know. Any help there?" Uh, Gogo, do you know, this is what someone is saying here, but th- there's not too much context on what the child is doing yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but they yeah. seem not to be happy with what the child has become. Let's also, 
you know, be honest because even our sector is it, there's a lot of distortions and misleading mm-hmm. and you know false teachings that are existing out there. You know, kids have access to social media. You know, and a lot of us who are even trying to actually teach to create enlightenment and people are educated, but some of us are on those platforms to recruit and pray on the vulnerable. Mm. So, and I always say to people, yes, dreams are messages from the spirit, but they're not all literal because some dreams are actually just uh, indications of your own traumas because wearing red does not always indicate you now have to be a Sangoma because we know that Sangoma initiates wear red skirts or wear a red cloth around their waist could mean many things. So you can't take one dream and therefore want it to be like, now my daughter has to be a Sangoma because they saw a red cloth. There's a lot that they're consuming on social media. There's a lot that they are consuming, you know, amongst peers and conversations as well because what I've also seen people do is use initiation as a spiritual bypass. So when it's very tough and they're not coping at home or the home environment or the school environment is becoming quite challenging, then they would say, you know, then I have a calling as a way to escape the pain because one of the other things we need to understand that we are a country that is traumatized. You know, we've got deep generational trauma as a country. That That's why when a child is a calling, it needs to take time to be thoroughly investigated to say, is this a spiritual calling or is this child actually coming and revealing to us certain unhealed pathologies that are existing in this family and that are toxic and are unhealthy for the family? Um, so, I, yeah, because I don't have a lot of, you know, context. I think for me is to basically, because we can also do as our kids want us to do because they're going to act up. Yes. To then learn as a parent as much as you can learn about you know what spiritual callings are what is what is what is what is right what is not necessarily right so that you can actually then be guiding and is to say i i understand and i hear that you have a gift and you have a calling and i'm not refusing and i'm not denying that you do but this is this based on the information that she knows if she has a lot of information then she's able to help her child navigate the calling but if you don't know anything then you're going to take everything that she tells you and some of the things that she's telling you might be distorted yeah, Gogo, did and know. See if you yeah. can go to a few sangomas as well, you mm. know, to to verify that there's a calling. But I say to people, the minute the sangoma scares you, manipulates you, and instills fears, like there's a sense of agency. Mm. You start and then you need to start wiring. All right, Ooh, the line is dropping there, um, but at least I mean it's only dropping when we are wrapping up. Thank you for making time, Gogo Dino and Lazi, a spiritual healer and a teacher who is trained as Isangoma and um, Ukobela, just helping us understand how you can support the children that have got a a calling, whether it's children with a spiritual calling to be a traditional healer, calling to be a prophet. Uh, to be a pastor, these things come in different ways and it, it can really be confusing for not only the children themselves who are receiving this calling but for the parents as well. So thanks to Gogo Dino for helping us, uh, uh, guiding us through that discussion. It's three minutes before 12.